Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher. It's been eight years since an Illinois basketball player was taken in the NBA draft, and the Illini will go at least one more year without a player getting selected to the NBA. But for once, Illini fans will celebrate that drought. All Big Ten guard Io DeSumo and Big Ten freshman there Kofi Coburn flirted with the draft, but earlier this month announced they will return to Illinois for another season. Those returns have made the Illini one of the favorites in the Big Ten next season, and for many, a top 10 preseason team in college basketball. Both Illini players, but especially DeSumo, were driven to return to Illinois in part due to an unprecedented and incomplete NBA draft evaluation process. Due to the pandemic, prospects have been unable to work out and meet in person with NBA teams. Still, the NBA draft will go on sometime this fall. Today, I catch up with NBA draft expert Michael Weisenberg from Perspective Insight to break down the top prospects in the 2020 NBA draft, potential options for the Chicago Bulls at pick number four, how he ranks the Big Ten's top prospects, and what DeSumo and Coburn must do to improve their stock heading into next year's draft. That discussion is next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Line Enquirer podcast. And we just had the NBA draft lottery, and there are so many storylines to break down here, whether it's Illinois players not being in this draft now. A bunch of Big Ten players are in the draft, and we'll talk about where they can go. Uh, but also the top of the draft where the Bulls moved up a couple slots uh, to number four in the NBA draft lottery. And one of the guys I've talked to over the years that I've really appreciated his insight is Michael Weisenberg, who now is with Perspective Insight. You can can hear his podcast, Viseland, that's V-I-S-E land, and you can follow him on Twitter at NBA Draft, Mikey V. It's finally draft season, Mike. How are you? I am very excited for draft season. Now we're even told that it may not be October 16th after all, so we'll see when it happens, but very excited that the lottery happened 
and to talk draft with you, Jeremy. The consensus, Michael, is that this is a not very top-heavy draft. That that if you're at the top of this draft, it's not so good. But if you, it sounds like there could be a lot of good role players. Is is that your kind of read of this draft as well? Yeah, like with every draft. I, Unfortunately, there's not really that big like Zion Williamson or a uh, couple years ago that you have like DeAndre Aiden and Luka Doncic. There's no real player who you're like, I'm going to build my team around this person. But there are lots of players that can definitely help your team and some very good pieces out there if you look hard enough. So what is the top tier? Who is in your top tier if you broke down this draft? How big is that top tier? That top tier to me would probably be LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. And those are, I think, the two guys that Minnesota or whoever trades with Minnesota looks for at the top pick. And then I'm guessing that Golden State, if they don't take James Wiseman at two, will either try and trade that pick and take one of those guards as well. LaMelo Ball obviously is probably better known for being the son of LeVar Ball and the brother of Lonzo Ball because we haven't seen him. College fans who are probably listening to this haven't seen him. Um, so how did he become one of the top prospects in this draft, and and what do you think of his game? He just has these incredible basketball instincts. Like Lonzo was such a great passer at UCLA, and LaMelo might be even better. And the fact that that he was putting up the numbers that he did in Australia with uh, the Illawarra Hawks. He was averaging 17 points per game, I believe like seven rebounds, seven assists, somewhere in that area. Had like at least a triple-double there as well. And that's just not something that you've seen from past players that have gone over there. So the immediate contribution, the team obviously wasn't doing very well. And then he did struggle definitely from long range shooting. And there, there are a few things that you definitely are, are a little wary of. He, he doesn't have the greatest burst, but he can certainly handle the ball has really good touch on his runners and floaters. And he, um, it's just this really creative player who has great basketball instincts. He He's very exciting. And then the fact is that he's also, you look at, you know, like Lonzo, I feel, has kind of grown into his body a little bit. LeVar obviously was a really big guy. LaMelo is now taller than Lonzo, which is pretty amazing. He's one of the younger players in the draft as well. He, he just turned 19. And, yeah, the, the, I think those are some of the qualities that got him to this high point and make him maybe the most intriguing guy in the draft class and would probably be the, the player I would choose number one. A lot of people had James Wiseman kind of carved out as the number one guy going into the college season. And, of course, he only plays, what, three games at Memphis due to some eligibility issues, and he decides to leave and go to the NBA draft. Um, a lot of people have Golden State pegged for him at two, but what did, did we learn anything about him at the college level, or what do you think of him going into this draft? Not very much. I, I actually got to go to one of his games. Uh, his last game was in Portland, where I'm from, and playing against University of Oregon. His one high major game, and he showed some very good qualities. And like 
you look at the guy and he has all the physical attributes you really want in a center. Really impressive fluidity and straight line speed at that size as well. But there are some instinct issues that kind of make you wonder. He's on both ends of the floor as well. It seems one of the things is he seems to kind of uh, sometimes be just drawn to taking that mid-range like fadeaway jump shot. And he does have the potential and possible touch to extend his range. But it's just not something you really want from your big guy who is seven foot one with like a seven foot six wingspan. And, you know, it's kind of seen as more of a rim runner. Um, not like the greatest passing big. Has some defensive issues as well and is kind of slow to react on that end of the floor. So, yeah, there, there are certainly some concerns. And while he did look good in like he still ended up with even with all of the issues against Oregon still ends up putting up 14 points, 12 rebounds, I believe a couple blocks. And then um, and, and the other two games looked fantastic going up against competition that was pretty questionable. So yeah, there are definitely things to like about James Wiseman. Just even at the EYBL level, there were a lot of questions and you would have liked to have had more data and seen him get further into the season to see if he kind of addressed some of those issues uh, with the questions around his instinct. Minnesota Timberwolves win the lottery here, and given that they have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, a lot of people think, oh, they might not take the lead ball handler, a mellow ball, or the center and James Wiseman. Uh, so a lot of people have mocked Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, number one. What do you think about him as the potential number one pick? Yeah, he would be the other person that I would consider. And he, you, he had a lot of flashes throughout the year, and particularly a game against Michigan State and the Maui Invitational that everybody goes back to where he just went absolutely bananas in the second half and kept Georgia in the game. He's about six foot five, like I'm guessing 220 pounds. Like the body is there. I think he has somewhere. I know the last time his wingspan was measured, it was six foot nine. I think since he's grown, I'm guessing you usually grow proportionately. So I'm guessing it's close to six eleven or so. And he certainly has some really impressive ability, like off the ball to attack the basket. Um, really good slasher and cutter. And it's just shot selection, defensive awareness. Those are the things you kind of worry about with him. Um, it, a lot of times he would get lost looking off ball. Um, not necessarily the greatest passer and not your primary initiator, but certainly like he's bigger than like a guy like Donovan Mitchell. And that, that's who he's probably most often compared to. Also young for class. And, yeah, he's a guy that I I think Minnesota looks at and sees somebody who could potentially be, like, a pretty high-leverage scorer and has at least the tools and the ability because he he is very solid laterally and just a a really great athlete in general. So, yeah, I, I think they will give him a long look at number one. How big after those three? That's kind of the consensus, Michael. I don't know if Wiseman's your three or not, but a lot of people think that's like the upside guys. Um, Mm -hmm. How big is that next tier of players? Because 
just from reading experts like yourself, it sounds like a lot of people think four through 18 or whatever it is, is basically pick who you like. Yeah. I, the next year for me would probably be Killian Hayes, Onyeka Okongwu, and then maybe like a guy like Isaac Okoro or Devin Vassell. Denny of Dia certainly will be up there as well. So yeah, like there's a, a, I would say a tier of like the next few players that are likely to get drafted. And I, I think at least a couple of them will be really nice pieces right off the bat. The Bulls drafted four, and I'm sure there's a lot of Bulls fans listening here in, in Illinois. Um, I am intrigued by Denny Evdia. Maybe it's because I don't know a lot about him. Maybe it's because it's the European player who feels like the upside is there. Uh, how much do we know about him, and what do you think about him and his potential fit with the Bulls? Yeah, I think he's a really likely pick for the Bulls, and I, I think the fit is one of the reasons he's a guy who can potentially play the wing it almost seems better suited to play power forward but he's somebody that just really seems to have a, a great understanding on both ends of the floor the shooting is definitely a concern but it seemed to improve when uh basketball came back in israel and i i think it's workable the the free throw issues as well he shot i think around like high 50s and it seems to be kind of more of a mental thing than anything with his form being broken or anything along those lines. Really good passer. He's not like a point forward or anything like that, but still just great at seeing the floor, um, stretching the floor, really good cutter, has great instincts there. And um, then defensively certainly is not one to back down and kind of, you know, gets into the mix of things and uh, just really instinctual and great awareness on that end of the floor. So yeah, he, he's somebody that I think the bulls will really look at it uh, the fourth pick and could be a really good fit. Yeah. It seems like wing would be their perfect roster fit. I think you just take the best player of course, but you mentioned Isaac Okoro out of Auburn and you mentioned Devin Vassell Mm -hmm. uh, out of Florida state. Um, How do you, what do you think of those guys compared to say an Avdia? I think they're pretty close. Like Isaac Okoro is just such a defensive monster and has like unreal strength for a player his age. Great body, not necessarily like the craziest length or uh, you know standing reach, but he he was somebody that I felt was really impressive uh, his freshman season at Auburn, especially like you know being kind of like a secondary creator as well. The shooting with him is also a, a very big concern. And, you know, he also was like mid 50s free throw percentage, not necessarily the most positive um, indicators there. But yeah, he, he's somebody that I, when I kind of predicted the Bulls were choosing a little bit later before they moved up in the lottery, was somebody that I, I thought the Bulls would really take a, a long, hard look at as well. 
Now, the Bulls uh, don't need a, a big man uh, with the roster they have now. So I haven't brought up a Kongwu, who a lot of people love defensively. But there are a lot of there are a lot of lead guards here that, that are interesting. You mentioned Killian Hayes, a kid that played in France. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, out of Iowa State. What do you think of those guys as, as lead guards for teams kind of picking in that top 10? Yeah, I think Killian Hayes is somebody that the Bulls should really look at. And like even the Cavs, he just he's not necessarily considered in the the upper echelon of the draft, but there are so many intriguing qualities with him. And he really took a step forward this year, seemed to be a a little bit more bursty, which is not one of his strength areas. Like he's not necessarily the most athletic player, but he seemed to be able to create distance like at a really solid level and that step back jumper that he had worked on. Th- those are things that are real positives. He's also just has a, a great um, kind of ability to see the floor as well. Super left-hand dominant, but really good body. He's about six foot five with like a six, eight, six, nine wingspan. Um, just has an ability to handle. He has potential as a shooter and he's like in the high 80 percent like percent as a free throw shooter the three-point shot still hasn't necessarily caught up there but there's certainly potential and he has potential as a pull-up shooter a lot to like about him as far as Halliburton he's a really good linking player he is an excellent passer as well um good defensive instincts it's just you, you really worry about the body and then um, he gets to the free throw line at like an incredibly low rate, which is kind of scary. Yeah. He's been a really good spot up shooter. So like a guy playing off ball and then able to be like that link, but not necessarily somebody that you want running your team. You're not really sure about him as a pull up shooter either. He has a really tough time getting to the basket and really tough time doing things off of the dribble. So th- those are the, couple issues with Halliburton that would probably make it pretty tough to use the fourth pick on him. Just one more before I dive into the Big Ten and, and the Illini guys coming back here, Michael, and that's uh, the National Player of the Year. Um, you know, a multi-year player in college basketball, Obi Toppin. Uh, some people have in the top five. Um, it'll be very interesting to see where he goes. Uh, but uh, what do you think of him at the next level and what, what would be a good fit for him? He is a really, really talented offensive player and obviously an exciting vertical athlete. I believe he led the nation in dunks uh, this past season in college basketball, showed a lot of shooting prowess, was really like great in so many areas as an offensive player. The thing you really worry about with him is defense mm-hmm. and his ability to move in open space who exactly he's going to guard. He's not necessarily like, like the longest player either. I think his wingspan somewhere in the seven foot range, but yeah, he's had defensive issues and awareness issues. He has really high hips. So it's kind of easy to knock him off his center of gravity. And he's somebody that I, I think, you know, if you have a player that you're confident with protecting the rim, and you have maybe like a, a couple of, of ball handlers next to that player. He, he's somebody that you look at, but, but 
Yeah, they're just it's tough to see him playing NBA defense and being good on that end. You're just really expecting him to be a fantastic offensive player, also a really good passer. The other thing with Obi that a lot of people will mention is the fact that he's a senior's age as a redshirt sophomore. So, yeah, he, he's definitely older for class and a lot, lot older than who you would typically choose in the top five. So, yeah, I, I would be cautious about Obi, but there is certainly so much to like about him as an offensive player. And if you feel like you can work on that lateral quickness and he can possibly defend fours or fives, then that, that's somebody that you look at. Michael, the Big Ten was loaded with post players this past year, and Luca Garza and Kofi Coburn are, are coming back. But uh, of the guys who did enter the draft, Daniel Toro out of Minnesota, Xavier Tillman out of Michigan State, uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland, I know Caleb Wesson maybe a notch below some of those guys out of Ohio State. Um, how would you kind of rank those guys, or what do you think of them? I would probably the guy I really like is Xavier Tillman, and he's been one of the better players in college basketball for the last couple of years. Just such a smart player, and has like scores so much off of the cut as well. So kind of like a more modern big when you're you're coming to offense. The shot you you worry a bit about, but I I think that's something that could be possibly workable. And then his defensive awareness and even if his shot's not falling, his ability to be a passer out of the short roll um, from the high post, he's somebody that I just really like and think could be quite a steal. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to be drafted. I I think the earliest would probably be the late first round, but I just think he's going to be an NBA player. After him, I would probably have Jalen Smith, Mm -hmm. and he is really intriguing. Like, he, I think from what I heard, he's kind of moving up draft boards and they, they think that he has maybe a little bit more to his game than even he showed at Maryland. Has the shooting potential, um, definitely a, a fluid athlete, defensive awareness and also like his body are, are a couple concerns you have moving forward. But a, a guy that I, I think is absolutely going to be a, a first round pick and um, certainly, you know, if he can put on the necessary weight to guard NBA centers, he could be a pretty intriguing player moving forward. After that would have Daniel Oturu. Guy just put up huge numbers in Minnesota and kind of an old school center, but has like a little bit of shooting prowess as well. Doesn't offer too much as a passer and has some defensive Awareness concerns also. Um, You're just not sure if the shooting is going to be enough to make up for the fact that he gets almost like a huge amount of his points as uh, a low post guy. But, and also just the time and and it it kind of takes him some time to set up uh, processing on both ends of the floor. But he was also great around the basket mm. and certainly seems to have size to possibly be an NBA center as well. And then with Caleb, 
another guy who had a great season, as you said, um, solid passer as well, has, I'd say, more shooting prowess or at least yeah. a, a bit more of a shooting to his name out, out of any of the, the players. But you, you worry about his athleticism, who he's going to defend in the NBA, and uh, if he just keeps up his conditioning, which I think he's done a great job of at Ohio State getting into better condition as well. Well, Michael Weisenberg, we, uh, I talked to you many times about Io DeSumo's potential to get drafted or Kofi Coburn, and uh, I don't think Kofi stood a good chance. I, I think Io was hurt by not being able to work out, but uh, both those guys coming back, which has Illinois fans rightfully pumped about uh, the potential of what next season could be, assuming they can get a season. But um, what do you think of Io DeSumo coming back? Where do you think he would have come and gone in this draft, if at all, and how much do you think he can improve his stock next season? I think you were absolutely right in not having workouts being a, a big issue for Io, and I'm not sure how high his stock was to begin with. He he did show a few improvements, I would say, as a sophomore, and definitely seemed to have a, a larger role. But then his shooting percentages went down. And you're, you still, you don't necessarily see him as somebody that is going to run a team at the NBA level. And you worry about his explosiveness and, and burst as well. But he is somebody that, you have Andre Curbelo coming in. You have Adam Miller. Io is likely going to be off the ball at times. And if he shows the ability to knock down shots and play off of the ball and still you know, provide a little bit of the pull-up game that um, you saw this past year. There will be some intrigue there. The, the, the guy definitely can score. And then, you know, defensively, it seems like he, he does a, a pretty good job there as well. So I, I think if Illinois does have a season and they have, I, I believe, all the tools to continue their success in the, in the Big Ten, so, yeah, I, I'm guessing he, he was banking on that. And then hopefully next draft process, he will have an ability to go in and work out as well. But, yeah, this one, I think with a few players, it would have been really tough to improve their stock. And Io probably fell in that basket of players. I think Kofi can definitely improve his stock, Michael. I just don't know how much because of – just as fit in the modern day NBA, right? I mean, this is a guy that, you know, 20 years ago, uh, NBA teams would have been drooling over when, when centers kind of ruled the world. Um, what do you think of Kofi just long-term? Is he an NBA player? How can he become an NBA player? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. As far as Kofi being considered one of those old school players, I, I think conditioning with Kofi will be big. And I, I was impressed with how he looked at Illinois this year. And certainly the guy is an impressive physical specimen. Like he's seven foot with like seven, six wingspan. He had some great moments this season. And it's just, it seems like so much of his offense is, is in the post. And I, I would say just working on possibly being like a, a pick and roll guy or being a cutter, those could really help. If he shows maybe a bit of improvement as a shooter also, though, you know, the guy's seven foot, 290 pounds, like odds are 
he's somebody that you want closer to the basket. I'd say the huge diff, like when you look at him from like a frame and like length perspective, you're looking at like a guy like Yudoka Azapuke. And what Yudoka did that was really impressive, and Yudoka is a better vertical athlete than Kofi, but the guy was just able to dunk the basketball like three times a game. Mm -hmm. And if Kofi can get into that territory of being able to just really dominate around the the rim, then I I think that makes him more enticing as well. Plus just working on uh, defense in general and showing that he can be a a huge factor on that end of the floor. Those are the things that would help Kofi get drafted. I think it was a good idea for him to come back and work on um, some more aspects of his game and just try and get even better play with uh, some guys that can get him the ball in the post and see what happens as a sophomore. Michael, before I let you go and always appreciate your time, man. Um, is, is there a prospect we haven't mentioned or that you are all in on in this class that you're way higher on than everybody else? Probably not, but (laughs) (laughs) um, a guy who I I think is a little too low when you just look at like the general box is Kyra Lewis of Alabama. He was um, not even draft eligible as a freshman and just decided to play at Alabama. And I thought had a really impressive freshman year, then came back this year and I thought made some huge strides really quick with the ball has potential as, as a shooter and just the ability to possibly attack the paint and have the defense kind of reeling. He, he's somebody that I think is going to end up being higher than a lot of the mainstream mock drafts have him right now. Great stuff as always. Michael Weisenberg, Perspective Insight. You listen to his podcast, Viseland, that's V-I-S-E, Land, and you can follow him on Twitter at NBA Draft. Mikey, Mike Weisenberg, man, always appreciate the time and uh, excited for draft season to see what my Bulls do, man. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy, and I hope the Bulls make the right pick. <laughs> we do too. Yeah, we got a little bit more hope as Bulls fans, if if uh, there are many Bulls fans out there along with me, uh, that we can add another key piece to this court. Don't know if you'll find a star, but it will be interesting to see if the Bulls you know, gamble a little bit, try to go for one of those stars, or just decide to take the player that they think is going to be the best role player, the highest four player that can kind of complement Kobe White. I think Laurie Markkinen is the key to it all for the Bulls still. Zach Levine, a uh, heck of a score. Uh, can you win with him as one of your top guys? We'll see. But I think Wendell Carter, Laurie Markkinen, Kobe White are certainly part of the future uh, and, and part of this core, possibly. Uh, and Zach Levine, we'll see if they stick with him and if he continues to get better. He's certainly has gotten better, uh, but I still think there's a little bit more untapped potential as an all-around basketball player making his team better that he can tap into. Uh, but the Bulls got a little bit better of a position. We'll see where they go. Uh, the Big Ten, I, I'm i with Michael. I think Xavier Tillman, maybe it's just because his floor is so high, but I just see him sticking in the NBA. Uh, when you defend like that, you have the versatility that Xavier Tillman has to defend. Um, he's been a winner He's very mature. I just think he's going to be a part of a winning team, of a winning culture and a winning franchise. So if someone can get him on the back end of the first round, early in the second round, I think you're getting a lot of value there. I think the highest upside guy uh, is Jalen Smith. 
uh, I agree with Michael too that I, I don't know if Jalen Smith, we've seen everything he can do. Now, does that mean I think he's going to be an all-star? No, but when you can block shots like he can and shoot the three like he can, I think he's the modern-day NBA big. I, I think he can be a starter uh, in the NBA. I won't say he's as good as Jaron Jackson, but uh, I think he's got some shades of that. Um, wasn't as you know, Jaron played on a great team. Jalen Smith played on some really good teams too, and was really, really productive. So uh, I think Jalen Smith's maybe even a little bit underrated by people. Daniel Toro obviously is a very good talent, uh, more of a low post score, but does have uh, a little bit of that outside game where he can shoot threes as well. Uh, defensively, will he be as good um, as Jalen Smith? I don't think so, uh, but he does have a bigger frame. So all those guys are really interesting. I think Caleb Wesson can stick on a team, and, and I do think Cassius Winston will probably go early second round. Uh, for a team that just wants maybe a Jalen Brunson type, you know, that kind of point guard maybe eventually can turn into a Fred Van Vliet type. You know, there's a lot of those guys in the NBA, but I think we've seen enough of Cassius Winston uh, that he's probably going to stick in the league and help some team. Uh, and, and they'll like him uh, in their culture and on their roster. So uh, that pretends to next year we'll see where Io DeSumo, how much he can improve his stock. Uh, I would have taken him in the second round this year, probably mid to late second round. Just because, like Winston, I think he would have gotten the most out of himself. Uh, I think he's got, obviously, some physical traits that Winston doesn't have with length, uh, speed. Um, but the, the shooting is, is obviously the big thing that he has to prove, and I think he's going to improve this year. He improved in so many regards last year, but that was the one he went down. But if you're going to be a league guard in the NBA, you have to be able to shoot, uh, especially off the catch-and-shoot where he struggled last year. He improved, actually, uh, off the bounce and kind of creating his own shots. But uh, mid-range game looked great last year. He was better around the rim, uh, but that three-point uh, shot has to improve. But I have no question he, he's, he, he's going to fit a role in the NBA. Uh, it's just how high does he get drafted? I think that's what IO is looking at is my entry point in the NBA. I want it to be as high as possible. And if he, they play a season this year, I think he's an all American candidate. I think he's got the potential to make a long run and hopefully an NCAA tournament. And he can be one of those guys who ceiling for IO. I think he can crack his way into the first round. Next year is going to be a much better draft from what I hear, but I think he can crack himself into that first round if he has a great season and shows that he can shoot from the outside like that. So that's exciting. Kofi, as I kind of hinted there with Michael, how does the NBA, what does he show mid-range this year as a shooter? Uh, his free throw percentage obviously was pretty good last year for a guy his size. Uh, so I think that shows some potential, uh, but he's still got to get quicker. I think a lot of it's defensively. Can he hedge ball screens? Uh, can, can he shoot an outside jumper? Uh, we know he can make an impact around the rim. He's got to do that continually at an elite level, but he's also got to just show a little bit more potential uh, as a shooter and in hedging ball screens, a little bit more on the perimeter because the NBA is such a wide open game. But he's different enough that he's going to intrigue people. And I expect him in the Big Ten to have a great season, even better season than last year, given that we're talking about a lot of these bigs that are going back uh, into the draft. You know, Xavier Tillman gone. Uh, Michigan State's got good big men, but I think Kofi has a better chance against guys not Xavier Tillman. Toro's gone. Wesson's gone. Uh, he's obviously going to have a chance to uh, do some work against some of those teams. 
All right, always appreciate NBA Draft Talk, especially with my guy, Michael Weisenberg. Hope you enjoyed that. Derek Piper had a recent story, VIP, uh, about Io DeSumo. He caught up with Io about how he's improved his game. And Io talks about how this, just even going through the process, this NBA draft process, should really help his game even more so than if he just were to come back early and prepared with his team. So some really good insight. Check that out. And if you aren't a VIP member, those are the kind of stories you can get. And right now, VIP through the end of this month, just a few more days, guys, you can get 50% off a year subscription to Illini Inquirer. We really appreciate your membership. And uh, we've, we've been cranking out some VIP content here. And I got some big plans next week. So what I'll be doing with uh, football recruiting as well. So now is a great time to sign up one of our best deals of the year, more than $50 of savings. Uh, go sign up for that. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. Rate us, review us. That always helps us out as well. Hope everybody has a great day. We'll chat to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.